Welcome to Peter's Podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Peter. So, welcome to our first video podcast. I feel welcomed. Thanks. Uh, thanks for being here. And um, mm. we enjoy talking about all of our stuff, what, what is colloquially known as our breakfast conversations. But yeah. it's now a dinner conversation. It's just about dinner time. It's a dunch conversation. Yes, yes. And um, you've been talking... That's dinner and lunch. Yeah, you've been talking about the sutras uh, in your workshops. And I wanted to take a minute to talk about the way the yamas and niyamas are considered in a more tantric perspective because so often the yamas and niyamas get labeled as something like, well, these are just the Ten Commandments of yoga. And they're very much not that. Yeah. So how do you look at what these first steps of the eight limbs of yoga are? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I'm a little steeped in it right now because I'm three parts into a four-part series um, but my first answer and so there's there's a lot to say about that subject for me I've gone around the block with this quite a lot and thought about it um, quite a bit um, but the first thing that I think is really important to point out and really drop into is that the yamas and the yamas are the first two limbs of practice. Mm -hmm. And um, that fact gets a little bit ignored when we sort of default into thinking about them as like preparation for practice or something that you have to master in order to be a good person or, you know, just kind of a lot of this pre-programmed type of belief system that we in the West, and I'm sure just in a lot of parts of the world, contemporary world, are um, taught, you know, from the get-go. So um, the first step for me is really seeing it. What does it mean that it's um, the first two limbs of practice? It means it's, it's about making there be some... Um, difference between the practice that we do and the results that we want to see and how that links up. Yeah. Because in yoga, the results are kind of what flows back to us from our practice that's beyond the realm of the senses in Tantra, right? In Tantra, be, that comes from our whole practice, our whole aligned meditation of all the eight limbs, mm -hmm. right? right? Including our physical body, including our uh, beyond the mind body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we have to start to um, learn to see it that way. Um, and if I could just add one more thing, it's probably too much, but 
um, if we're tantrikas thinking about what are the cities, you know, the the effects of our practice are the cities. Mm -hmm. That's what shows up. And because it's practice, we want to see how we're changing and shifting and repatterning ourselves as a city, not as a goal to achieve that's going to get us merit points. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Maybe, maybe I can take one second and... Now that we could just... You could just unpack that. Yeah, but, yeah <laughs> like the, just the distinction of it being a practice, I think is also worth like chewing on for a second because <clears throat> a practice is something that you do regularly as a way like a way of living you do your practice you do your sadhana sadhana is really the word for what is it that you do to keep yourself spiritually attuned so when we say the yamas and niyamas are the first two limbs of practice we're saying these are things that you do all the time this is part of your way so there's never a time when you've accomplished truthfulness right. or you've exactly. accomplished you know non-stealing it's this is something that confronts us every day in our <clears throat> in our interactions in our striving in our dealing with our past in our you know habits etc so the practice of <clears throat> holding these two things these two sets of things as a way of interacting when we're in living sort of uh it doesn't set the stage in terms of like it's a sequence of getting better at something it right. sets the stage in terms of every time you open your eyes right and and a good way to um sort of drive that home is that you know i don't have to master ahimsa in order to do the next thing in the sequence Right. I have to be doing a practice around ahimsa all the time. And seeing what ripples from that back into my living. Mm-hmm. Right. And like we can get into like what's the difference between the yamas and the niyamas. But just, you know, just to really understand what are our like mental blocks around seeing it that way mm-hmm. they it is almost as if we when we get into these like looking at mental and emotional patterns which is what the yamas and the yamas are that's the part of who we are you know that they are kind of focusing on like if we understand that you know that's not divorced from the physical body. That's not divorced from the the prana or from the pratyahara, right? It, it, it's part and parcel. It ripples like all through our system. Like we are one koshic system. Those things are all interwoven, you know, working together to make us who we are in the elemental field in the world that we're living in right uh so 
we kind of have to bring it back to what's standing in the way of our understanding that we could be working on ahimsa just like we're working on uh, you know an imbalance in our hips mm-hmm. you know we don't go into an imbalance in our hips thinking you know if I master this then I'll be enlightened then I just work on my shoulders you know like yeah, we understand somehow that there's this process that has to happen right and, and whatever might and it's ongoing and right. what we might get somewhere right <laughs> we right. might see some results but if i attach to the results right right away yeah know? and and another piece of this that is um i think fruitful or useful to think ab- about with regard to these as practice is that um you know, in the sutras, it's it's a little bit a part of our quoting culture. You know, mm-hmm. we see these things. Oh, look at this cool, you know, meme. These are the eight limbs of what you're supposed to do. But when you read about the yamas and niyamas in the sutras and you read the next sutras, they talk about, okay, so in your way, in your living... If you do this, if you practice at this particular yama, this is what it brings into your living. Right. This is how it helps you. Yeah. Like it's it's the the cause and effect. That's really exactly it. Absolutely. And um you know, it's funny we don't really in our meme world, we don't do like a what I would call like a close or introspective reading of the sutras very often probably because we get uh, overwhelmed by it but in between the description of the yamas and niyamas and the description of what the in the sutras it's called the gifts of but we could call it the cities that arise as a result of the practice right in between it gives the practice and the practice is called pratipaksha bhavanam and it is designed to help us um, shift our perspective around our patterning mm-hmm. that causes us to ha- be um, right some, somehow in a loop around something or stuck in something or a- a- triggered or activated around that thing. Um, but essentially, we all have pre-existing patterns and there's a practice around how to shift our right like we we can't change our karma we can change how we respond or react mm-hmm. or respond to mm-hmm. our karma right and so there's this turnaround thing that we can do which helps oh you us mean to it's not going to be like one of those emails you get where it says oh and you should do this and here Right, and, and then sign you'll be up. great. Exactly. <laughs> and we're not going to tell you what it is. You're actually going to tell us what it is right now. Am I going to tell you what it is? Pratipakshabhavana. Right Pratipakshabhavana. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing is, I can tell you what the practice is, but I can't tell you what your patterns are. Yeah. Right. You you have to discover them. Right. And you have to work with them, and it's a process. And right. this is how we do that. Right. Like, asana. So is, so let me yeah, just stop okay. you right there because what you just said is so key. It's not enough to say, oh, you should uh, not harm others. You have to see, 
where do I do that? Where do I not practice ahimsa? Where am I stumbling in regard to that? And then you have to apply this method. Where are my patterns? What are my patterns specifically? Right? And ahimsa is such an, it's like the foundation, bedrock, root of all the rest. But continue what you were saying. Sorry. I no, I just, that was it. It's like, yeah. so if you see that you are being like, uh, a re I think one that a lot of people can relate to is when you're har doing, being harmful to yourself. Like yeah. when you say, oh man, I suck. When you say that, right. the practice is not to just not have that problem, right? The practice right. is I have to now turn this around. I have to practice Pratipaksha Bhavanam. Do you have a succinct definition for that? It's like putting in Turning the opposite, yeah, putting in the opposite energy, right? So like, instead of that, like, how can I say, this is where Byron Katie is such a brilliant yeah. practitioner, right? Is that true? Exactly. No, I don't suck, right? What, what's, how does, how does that feel when I say that? And how do I turn that around and right. say something that is the opposite of that, that I can believe? Yeah. So for me, it goes even a little bit more into a slightly different place because as much as we translate Pratipaksha Bhavanam as bringing in the opposite energy, um, I really do think of it as bringing in something that shifts our relationship to the thing that's happening. That's, that's the uncomfortable pattern in us that we're noticing, right? So, um, right, the yamas are really about um, being able to discover what the pattern of reactivity is, what's the belief or the reaction or the fear or the frustration or whatever that pattern is, or even like the the addiction or the overly excited can't let it go reaction right that we're we're noticing is causing whatever is difficult for us the challenge and then looking at it like okay so this is what's at the heart of what's happening and then not saying I have to turn this around and find something else I can believe, but rather I have to find a way to look at it differently. So if I wanted to shift this, what would it look like if I shifted this? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what would that look like? And that's the turnaround. Like, I would want to, you know, I'm feeling, let's say, let's take one that's really big for me frustrated and rushed. I feel frustration with something. So what would I like this to look like? I'd like this, I'd like to feel um, that I have time, right? But that's only one solution that it could be, right? Mm -hmm. I have time to sit and figure this out, right? So that's the Pratipaksha Bhavanam. It's not like, I want to not feel frustrated. That's mm -hmm. too abstract. Mm -hmm. It's like, what is my actual challenge? And then we start to do a practice around that. And we can look at the niyamas as 
things that help. So the yamas, we discover the pattern and start to deprogram it that way, start to shift it that way. And then in the niyamas, we're looking at how am I realigning? How am I creating a new pattern over time with practice, right? With actual practice, little bit every day shifting into a new pattern and the, the 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 niyamas help us to see what are those ways that i can do that mm -hmm. to repattern myself for the purpose of being in greater alignment with between my karma and the karma the big karma and right. other people's karma right right given that we have this sort of pair of things and they're listed as the first and the second of the limbs of yoga yeah right they're not the same thing they are two things that work together in the realm of our um our activity right like asana works in the realm of our physical body how do we do something pranayama works in the realm of the bridge between our physical body and our energetic body, yeah. you know, and then uh, meditation works in the realm more of the mental and the causal bodies. And so when we're doing these things that are kind of about our relational yeah. part of living, it it's pretty cool because, you know, it, it lets you know that the sutras understand that we are this wholeness. We are all of these experiences which you know i think is why you know al always thought it was a tantra book or yeah. a tantra a description of a tantric relationship with yeah. life you know where we have both parts you know we we it's not just like meditate and get out of here exactly. right which is like the go to the the forest and leave it all behind this practice is a is about how do you live? How do yeah. you engage with this other part of what we clearly are, what most of us spend most of our time on? Yeah. So it's, I, I'd be curious to know how, how you see this sort of like, I don't know, ratio is maybe too strong of a word, but like, we obviously spend so much more time not in meditation, and yet there is something that shifts in you, which the fourth pada is all about, right? Yeah. That it changes the way we start out living in the world. Yeah. Well, um, I think of it as, uh, a, you know, kind of an ongoing cyclical type of a relationship that um, well there's two sort of related answers one is going inside and meditating right going from the place where we're paying attention to the outside world and we're kind of like the out the outside world <laughs> like this realm of the senses and time and space that we interact in all the time um, it's kind of like the field that we play in, right? And when we are in that engaged place, 
we often forget. Our patterns become engaged in that place, and we forget to come back in to our resourced container. And that's how I think of it. So, um, I have to come in. I have to come back in, right? To, and I have to use all of the eight limbs to do it, right? Including the yamas and niyamas, because if I'm reading it right, I'm never going to remember to come back in if I'm not practicing with the yamas and niyamas. I'm just going to be fully engaged and think I'm right and be in my head. But I ha I'm also going to be, you know, in my body, and I'm also going to be in my breath, and I'm also going to be remembering about pratyahara and turning it in. And ultimately, I have to use my meditational, um, the place where I go beyond the mind, that capacity as well, to resource, to get back in. But then it's not just about that, right? So now I've just described the, 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 the coming back in, but it's not just to get out of here. It's because when I come in and I do that, I get a new perspective. And now I'm going to go back out because here I am still living with my karmic patterns. So now I'm going to go out and try to relate to the same thing cycle, but from a different, slightly different perspective that I maybe gained through that practice of really relating to the pattern that was bothering me. And now I'm going to go out and I'm going to see what's happening out there. Is it any different? Is it a little different? So I'm not attached to the outcome exactly, but I'm still holding that intention for practice. Mm -hmm. And it involves all eight limbs, right? So that right there, the going back out, right? And experiencing the cities, even if they're little minor baby cities, right? The changes, the shifts. What is, what is time and space and the sensory world and my reactions look like now? right after doing this practice and then bring that back into practice and go back out so our challenges start to become really opportunities for practice all over the place and our practice becomes something that keeps us closer to being able to remember to come back in and resource ourselves i think it's really really key because a lot of us can have an idea or a sense of, oh yeah, this is how this works. I'm supposed to do this. Or you read, just read the book. You know, you just finished reading the book. Oh, that was brilliant. I get it. I, right. But the remembering to apply the practice at the times when the challenges are there is the the difference between you know uh, a practice that's I don't know what the right word is, but effective and a practice that's just like on paper. You know, yeah. it's like when one gets upset, that's the time one needs the practice, right? When the practice can show up for you. Then. Yeah, yeah. Also. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, practicing all the time makes it possible for it to show up when you need it in those times. Yes. Right. And From, that has been my experience. Right, because right. we're not getting out of here without right. disturbances. And, and right? I, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of students over the years say, 
I feel so great when I go to yoga and then I go back in life and life sucks and I'm having fights with so-and-so and this and that and the other thing, you know? And so like, yeah. I just want to go back to yoga practice again, you know, but that's, that's sort of a limited view of what is yoga practice yeah. because we need to be able to go into living and have the effect of the practice be there, which is to, you know, and that's where the actual, the actual yamas and niyamas are so beautiful. Like as you're practicing them, as you're doing the pratipaksha bhavanam and turning things around, as you're getting the benefit of that cause and effect. You're receiving it. Exactly. You're also receiving the ability then to carry that with you as you go. Right. You know, so like you, <clears throat> like just this very simple example is that, you know, so often we get hung up on what somebody else is doing. Like if only they would stop doing that, right? And if one. you can spin some, if you can then take the, you know, the, the, the package of the yamas and niyamas that would let you interact with that in a way that is more graceful, more spacious, more pure, more honest, less harmful, all of that, right? Self-reflective, all of the yamas and niyamas, right? As you're doing the top, the top us to not engage, right? All of those things. <clears throat> then you see, oh, wow, by what I did, the situation changed. Right. I didn't How need that I to change. I brought myself back to what this is for me mm -hmm. so that I can resource myself. I can get clear on my reactions here and then I can come back and you know, maybe it's not so easy to come back. Maybe it's an entrenched pattern relationally. That's going to be hard to change. Okay. Come back and see that. Right. Like that could be know, a lifetime. Right. Practice. It's not like you're exactly. But it's not like ahimsa is a lifetime practice. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that sh shuts down all the rest of what's going on. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, you know, and and there, there's some subtleties here that you know we've been really getting into in the course of these discussions in the class that I'm teaching, the workshop that I'm teaching, that are that show me and I think the people participating that it's like there are these subtleties and it goes back to like I can tell you what Pratipaksha Bhavanam is but I can't tell you what the specifics of your pattern are right this is a place for for you this is your practice and like you can work with your Sangha and you can work with your teacher to, to tweeze them out and to sort of really do that self-reflection and do that ahimsa work you know oh here's where it's me impacting other people here's where it's me impacting myself negatively you know here's where i'm getting self-critical or here's where i'm getting really kind of a little bit over intense about that um but ultimately you know we have to kind of keep re-remembering what it means if I'm making it about 
my reactions, getting clear on understanding and repatterning my reactions, and then creating new ones in the niyamas with, you know, via the niyamas, creating, you know, taking that, you know, tapas comes up in the niyamas because we need that oomph to change a pattern, right? Um, but ultimately, it's nothing if we don't remember that it's for surrendering enough of our like narrow ego mind to be able to be in samadhi and to uh, to be understanding our relationship with the big what is our little what is with the big what is right so um you know there's 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 there are these subtleties of practice like in anything like if i tell you cookie cutter asana or cookie cutter pranayama it's not respecting the the breadth of individuality, and that's what makes teaching yoga both so um, wonderful and rewarding and just rich and also a little frustrating mm -hmm. <laughs> for people who want, like, this is the sequence and this is how we do it, mm -hmm. you know, because I really want that, I really want, like, whatever, X, Y, or Z, I want to grab it. Yeah. So, that was a long answer, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think this is, you know, like... <laughs> like solving a really big challenge or a really big pattern of your own. It's a lifelong practice. Yeah. And I think understanding these tools is also a kind of a lifelong practice. It's like you, you learn it one way and then you learn something else that makes you go, oh man, I was really looking at that in a very narrow way. It's like yeah. this, right? Like the first time I heard that, oh, there are gifts that come from doing these. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy crap, that makes them seem so much more logical yeah. why you're doing this, right? And so the more we work with the tools, the more they become embodied in yeah. our energy and we use them more effectively. Yeah. And it helps us to come back to that, whatever that part of our practice that's really meaningful for us. Like if meditation is your thing, then you're, you're, you're helping your meditation. Mm -hmm. If asana is your thing, you're helping your asana. You know, if uh, whatever, working on your on your your vritti is your thing well then you're working right in that sweet spot mm -hmm. um anyway yeah um well i think that's a great place to uh yeah. leave it yeah and uh so thanks for being here and doing this and uh yeah. look forward to the next time yeah all right see ya in the kitchen namaste <laughs> namaste <laughs> Thank you for listening to Peter's podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Please support Peter's podcast on patreon.com. Review the podcast on your app. You can also see this episode on video on YouTube. There's a link in the show notes. And we look forward to talking to you again. Thanks. Take care. Namaste. Namaste.